Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the um, 2018 January edition, New Year, new edition of the Fantasy Book Club, brought to you by Accessible World. And yours truly, the leader, Julia, and her helpful apprentices, we could say. Um, and I just heard, uh, well, through Marshall, that Ursula, Ursula K. Legin died, and that's really kind of upsetting. I mean, okay, she was 88, so I guess, you know, she lived a nice long life, because I just read one of her books for book groups. So um, mine was called The Lathe of Heaven, and it was pretty good. It was short, only about seven hours, so that's good. And it was about a man who dreams reality, you know, one of those, you know, books where he dreams and then he wakes up and his dreams come true. And so he starts taking these dream suppressant drugs and they don't work so he ends up in therapy and you know psychiatric therapy and I don't want to give the whole book away but things get interesting well it sounds it sounds like an interesting book um I went back to an old old favorite I I decided I'd had enough of of uh space opera, and so I went back to uh, the complete Tales of Narnia. It's on Bard, and you can find it if you look for the complete uh, books of Narnia or whatever it is. Chronicles. Chronicles, thank you. (laughs) And it's uh, all seven books, all in one book. You know, it's an omnibus thing, but they are arranged the way that um, you should read them in in Narnian time-wise, instead of the way in which he wrote them, you know, the, chron- the timeline that he wrote them in. Uh, so what you get is the book six, which is the magician's nephew, which is all about the creation of Narnia, and then you get the the horse and his boy. Uh, no, you get the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, which is the, you know, the standard thing. Then you get the horse and his boy, which is the one that takes place while the four kids are kings and queens in Narnia. And then you get Prince Caspian and the Dawn Treader and the Silver Chair, which is the only one I really don't particularly care for. Um, and then the last one. So I read most of them. Um, I skipped the silver chair, and I'm about halfway through the last one. And I just got to say that I love these books, and I come back to them periodically. And as an adult, of course, you know, you read them with a whole different sense. Because not only are they whopping good tales, okay, but being C.S. Lewis, there is a Christian backing or base to his tales and so you get that as well as an adult I mean you wouldn't get it as a as a kid because you, you know um and you know there are several underplots going on or under themes not only the the Christian one but the you know the the moral themes of the books and stuff and that that seemed to be exactly what I was looking for um, over the Christmas holidays. So 
that was my Christmas read, was the uh, the complete Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, that is that is a good book. I remember, and when I first read it, I, I, I read it, I read it, um, I read it when I was like eighteen or nineteen. I was not a kid when I read them. I was, uh, I, I was much older when I uh, got into the series at first. But it, it, it was it was very good, and uh, and uh, it was very nice because I remember reading it, reading it on cassette first, and then then when it was on Bard, I got it. So it's always nice to. See something that you remember reading on cassette that is uh, on Bard and um, Eric Sandvold. He did a great job reading those too. He was a good a good voice for those books. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He really wasn't bad. And um, you know, so um, when I got them on cassette uh, much earlier, uh, they were read by somebody else. You know, each book was read separately, and they were read by a uh, I think three different readers or two or two or three different readers. Um, but oh, I hate that I, when they do that. Yeah, I know because they they change the the one thing that gets me is when they do a series like that with two or three different readers. You know, the second reader will mispronounce the name right. that you know that the first reader has, so you don't know what character you're you're talking about. Well, you do, but it's not. It's not the same, right? And I just wish that when when uh, NLS does this, that the the, um, the readers who take up a series would please at least listen to the first hour of whatever series it is. You know, whatever the first book of whatever series it is, so that you get the original reader's pronunciation. Of the names, right? And, and so he, I would have he, to agree. You know, so you can go on with the same names, right? Um, yeah, I noticed that particularly in the Honor Harrington series. They had uh, the last guy that finished off. I think it was called Shadow of Victory or Shadow of Freedom. Was it was a commercial, a guy doing it commercially. He'd never read anything, <laughs> and he started mispronouncing. Well, the one that really bothered me was Michelle Heinke, and he <laughs> he he pronounced it as Hinky. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, one of them kept saying Hank. Yeah. You know, as 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 in H A N K, but it's Hanky, because yeah. I think it's spelled H A N K E. Hanky. Okay. Oh, and did you um, say the E? <laughs> and uh, you know. At least on Bard, Honor Harrington. I know Madeline Bazard read quite a few of those. I think. Yes, she did. Maybe it was Aaron. I'm pretty sure it was Madeline Bazard. Yes, it was. Because I yeah, I just but... read them. I I just went through all twelve books. Um, oh my! You know that was that was what I had been reading before. I read uh, the Narnia stuff. So yeah, I noticed. I also noticed that in the Dragon Rider series, they changed. Oh yeah. Narrators oh, and the no. guy, the other, you know, they they started pronouncing the names of the dragons totally different. And it may be a little yeah. thing, but little things like that, you know, 
can really distract you from the joy of listening to a book. Right, because you 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 don't know you don't know what character they're talking about. Yeah. It is very well, frustrating. You may be not. You may not know. Right, or or at least you know, but you 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 sit there and you say no 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 no, it's, no. yeah right it's whatever you yeah yeah you know, but, you know, but you, you don't have any choice though you kind of have to deal with it whether you want to or not. It is it is frustrating. I I, I got to say I heard a situation like this, but I've I always felt bad for the uh, narrator. It's not it's not his fault. The Brilliance Audio they did they they did the whole uh, commercially we got them on Bard. They did they did the whole uh, Malazan Book of the Fallen series. Um, that's by Stephen Erickson. Bard I think Bard is if I remember correctly. First three are read by Jeremy Gage. He sometimes goes by Jeremy Edwin Gage. Same guy. Um, they read the first three, and I believe John Haig, I believe, reads the others, or at least quite a few of the others. I think John Haig reads the rest. Well, for commercially, some guy named Ralph Lister reads books one through three, and a guy who I really like, Michael Page, reads books four through ten. And, and you know, they don't they don't have any control. This brilliant audio, that's whatever reason they decided to have uh, Michael Page read the others, either... Who knows what reason why Ralph Lister couldn't read one through three? But I was looking at the reviews of those books on Audible, and oh my gosh! I just saying, I just really hope that Michael Page did not read some of those reviews himself because they were just completely one hundred. They were completely bashing him up one side and down the oh other, saying how That's saying how terrible he was. He couldn't read them, and I'm like, I'm like, people, he didn't have a choice. When you read these books, you read what you're, you read kind of what they. I'm sure with these. I'm sure they. Companies, I'm sure they yeah, tell you what you're paid to read. They're, they're right, read what, right. what, what they're paid to read, and you know, and and uh, in my mind, it's kind of funny. Everybody, everybody who I've ever heard is like Ralph Lister, so much better than Michael Page. Well, I I'm of the opposite opinion. I disagree. Um, that's just my personal preference um, because I think Michael Page he's a little clearer. He enunciates his words a little bit more uh, distinctly than than Ralph Lister, and he's got a different. He's got a different kind of voice. He just does. Ralph Lister is a little more, a little more softer. Michael Page is a little. Um, he's not gruff, but he's just a bit, a bit lower, lower pitched. So some of his characters he gives it has these very gruff voices, and everyone's like, Michael Page can't be doing that to this character. They don't really sound like that at all. Well, they need to. You know, I mean, you know, every yeah. every narrator has their yeah. own has their own ways of reading, and they're not going to change it just because of. Um, and I find interesting what people didn't understand. They're like, they're like, why can't Ralph Lister go back and re-record all seven of those books? Like, like what they <laughs> yeah, did, what right. they, well, like, what, you know, like what they, it's, what it's, they did with Roy DeTrice. or like what, yeah. how, what they did. They're like, why can't they re-record the books? Like Roy, Roy DeTrice re-recorded uh, Feast of Crows by George R. R. Martin. I said, there's two reasons for that. I didn't tell them this, but I'm thinking people, here's the reasons. First, First, a Game of Thrones or uh, a Song of Ice and Fire is very, very, very popular at the time. So, book four that raised a huge outcry. So they had they had Roy DeTrice go back and record it, but only because of the popularity of the right. series. That is why. And one, a second reason, and more important, that was only one very long book. Only one. We're not right. talking not about seven. seven books here. That's. I mean, and these books. These books are like. 35, 36, 42 hours a piece. 
Oh so we're gosh. talking some incredibly. I mean, it takes you forever to re-record them, and it's right. just it's well, just interesting. Yeah, I remember well, that book. Um, remember, we all tried I, to I read it. I don't think uh, I. I don't think like Marshall has told us what his book is. Oh yeah, it's true. Well, to my great delight, I finally found some books that were written back in the seventies that aren't on Bard and aren't on Bookshare, I don't think, but are on Audible. Cool. And they are, it's the Lord Darcy series. And it's a pol- police procedurals, except they have magic instead of what we call science. Okay. Hmm. Oh. Cool. So they... You know, they have a a magical test to tell if a bullet came from a gun, uh, which essentially involves the bullet being attracted back into the barrel of the gun. And a way of looking at the last thing a person sees under certain conditions. And a bunch of other things. And I like them because, you know, the idea of using magic instead of science, and since most people don't know the difference anymore. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed them. You know, they have like a good series. Two or three major characters. Um, it does. So I assume that the main character is Lord Darcy. Yes, and okay. it takes place in present. Well, in it was present time when the books were written, but you know they lived in. Oh, kind of. Oh, uh, like the Sherlock Holmes era. In okay. fact, Lord Darcy okay. is so like Sherlock you're talking Holmes. But you turn know, they the have lords and ladies from and kings. The eighteen eighteen nineties, yeah. Yeah, 1890s, but in present day. But they 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 lack some technology. They sort of have a telephone. They have elevators. They have steam trains. They have pneumatic cars, but the coaches are horse-drawn, or pneumatic tires. And the horses, but the the coaches are horse-drawn. Everything's gas-lit. Hmm. Sounds vaguely interesting. They are. It's almost like steampunk. I'm I'm too cheap to pay for Audible. Well... It is my thing of last resort, but um, at least these four are there, uh, and I will get the last two when my credits come up in a week. Yay. Or in two or three days, I can't remember which. I've, I'm losing oh, track go. of days. What's what? What? I'm Say losing that track. Again. I'm. I'll. I'll get them when I get my next two credits. Ah. So, and which will be in a couple of days. I keep forgetting the time and days. Oh, uh, and then I, you know, I. They give you suggestions that sound more interesting. Because uh, yep. frankly, I'm having real trouble finding anything on Bard I want to read. 
they just, you know, if it's science fiction, it seems to be, you know, some great catastrophe has happened. Um, if it's fantasy, I just don't click with the characters like I used to, and mysteries the same way. I have to click with the characters, and if I can't click with the characters, the book isn't interesting. Hmm. Well, I understand yeah. that, because I'm having... Well, you know, the problem is that if you read a whole series of really good stuff, and then what happens is it, that you drop down into the doldrums, and everything you try just, just doesn't seem to be right. And... You know, you just have to get through a period like that and start up on something that's good. Um, well, I've started reading a very short introductions on various scientific subjects just as a break. Are they any uh, good, those oh, yeah. books? Like some of them are, some of them aren't. Oh, I read, okay. read one on nuclear power. That is very well written, in my opinion. It describes what's going on. It isn't particularly technical, but it explains why we need nuclear power and that there may be solutions to the nuclear waste issue and that the the newer reactors that are coming on are probably much safer than the old ones. Well, that most would make of, sense. Yeah. Most yeah. of the reactors yeah. that we've we've got now are like designed in the fifties. Yeah, right. And they oh. they they use pumps to cool to push the coolant around, and they don't have to. Okay. Um. You know, you can use conduction to move the coolant water around, which means if you lose electrical oh, cool. power, the reactor won't melt down. Okay. Huh. Uh, I would avoid the one on astrophysics. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I would avoid that one in any case. Yeah. Well, he gets into all kinds of units and and things like, and it's it, he has so hits hits you with so many of them so fast, it's confusing. Huh. Yeah, um, that, I could definitely see how that would be. That's Snee, you're reading that Marshall. I've I've heard a lot of those. I've I've seen tons and tons and tons of those on bar. They got one for just about anything you could think of. A very short introduction to whatever. It's on it's on Bard, but um, yeah. if I can yeah. If I can go, you guys, this is Joshua. I gotta tell you about a book that I read over the Christmas holidays that I read, and I'm really glad that I read it. Um, and uh, I'd heard of this guy for a long time. I'd never read any of his stuff, and I'm really glad I did. Um, if anyone, has anyone here ever read? Oh, if you've read the Wheel of Time series, you've read Brandon Sanderson, but or or, or no, 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 but or at least the last uh, few books are Brandon Sanderson. But uh, if anyone's ever read Brandon Sanderson, he's very good. I read um, via graphic audio, although the, although the book is on Bard though, which is cool. It's a uh, Warbreaker. And uh, Warbreaker is all one. It all, it's all one word. Warbreaker. Um, I do not have the yeah, DB we read number that in front a long of me. Time ago in our group, I think. Oh well. Anyway, anyway, I read that book. I read that book, and um, I got to say, via graphic audio, and it was really, really good. I liked it. I liked it a lot better than I than I expected. 
because I'd heard a lot about Brandon Sanderson, but I I tried to read some of his stuff before, and I could never get into it, and I thought, I'm going to give this book a chance and give it a try. And Warbreaker is about two is about is is about two kingdoms and um and um th- there's a king of one land as two as two daughters actually three daughters one daughter is a monk so she doesn't she doesn't matter and one the oldest daughter her name is um her name is Vivenna and Vivenna all her whole life has basically been been groomed to when she comes of age she's going to go She's going to go to the land of Helandrin, Helandrin, and 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 marry and marry the god king. His name is Susabron. And all of her life, Vivenna is going to is going to marry him, and uh, she's getting prepared. For the youngest sister, Siri, she kind of does what she wants. She doesn't, you know, really uh, do a lot. She does what she wants. Basically, she's not spoiled. She's just a very free spirit. And um, but then all of a sudden, the the the, the king. Of uh, the the king he he um the king Alandrian the king of uh, Alandria he decides in spur of the moment that that Vivenna is going to stay with him that the younger youngest daughter Ciri is going to marry the god king in the land of Helandrin because um, he just he can't bear to part with her he can't. He, Loves her too much. He should, so Siri is going to marry because, it, according to this contract, it doesn't matter what daughter daughter comes. But the reason she's the reason they're trying to one of the girls is the daughter is going to marry in the first place is because it's part of a treaty, and they're hoping to the two kingdoms of of, of Alandria and Halandrin are going to uh, possibly stop a war. But then the interesting thing is when when Siri when Siri gets to court the court of uh, Court of Court of Elandrin, um, she starts learning. Learning their, she starts uh, getting into things, doing things better than anybody expected, even better than she expects. And um, and back back at Elandria, Vivenna wants to rescue her sister because she feels adrift from. Um, she doesn't know what to do with her life since her whole life she believed that she would marry marry uh, the god king so she goes to marry her goes to free her sister and um stuff happens from there and it's 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 really neat um there's a lot of court intrigue among uh among some of the uh some of the returned they're called they're kind of like gods basically and and it's uh, and it's very interesting i i found myself really getting in, really getting into it more more than i more than i thought that i would um, and uh, if anyone if anyone uh, wants wants a good book that I think is pretty well written, I, I did a review on I did a review of it on DB Review uh, a little bit ago, and um, that's the book I recommend, uh, The Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. It's really good. Hey, very good. What about you, Julia? She gave well, her book. Oh. <laughs> Didn't she give you a book? Yeah, I did, but yes, I, have did. Another, I have another one. Actually, I don't know if we go twice or what the deal is. Well, I don't remember the first one. You're the leader, so you make the decisions. <laughs> well, I, the first one was Lathe of Heaven, remember, by Ursula K. Right, Lagin. right, Ursula K. Okay. okay. And I can't figure out... I know Bard says these other books are sci-fi, but I can't figure out why. They're Mary, Mary and Zimmer Bradley's Darkover books, and... 
you know, they're about a telepathic society in a med- medieval, you know, different world. So to me, they're fantasy. So I can't figure out. But that's what I've been reading lately. I've been addicted to them. I've read Exile's Song, and there's a sequel to that. And I just think they're really fascinating books about the interplay between characters. And, you know, they've got, they have Laren, which is, you know, like psychic powers, but it's only among the nobles. So they're all, they're inbreeding, which is, you know, stupid. But, and then, of course, you know, every once in a while you have one person who's kind of insane because, you know, that's not a good idea. And so... <laughs> wow. They're not the main characters, but it's just, I just love those books. So I thought I'd put that out there because I can't figure out why Bard stuck it in sci-fi. I'll have to look those well, up. Well, sound... I think the reason oh. that they did was because telepathy is an actual, I mean, it's, it's, it is a, um, psi powers are can actually be proven I mean uh, the Russians did a whole bunch of stuff experiments on uh, psi powers back in the 80s and 90s or whatever Um, and it's an actual science I mean it really is there are some things that are um that can be proven as far as psi things. I mean, people have oh, actually, okay. you know, had the ability to uh, of telekinesis and and stuff like that. People can move things, and they can. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I mean, there are very rare people that can do these things. So it's it's sort of scientific, and that's why they put it in science. Okay, and that's why. That's why the uh, the Lion series by McCaffrey is in the in science fiction. Oh, okay, right, because of the telekinetic and stuff that goes on. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to try. But those I books. I do admit that there are books that that you know straddle the line between science fiction and fantasy. I mean, because they're both speculative fiction, I suppose you could say. Um, But yeah, you know it's it's weird. So yeah, I'm reading a book now, and it could either be alternate history or fantasy. Um, basically, it takes place during the civil, right after the Civil War, but they have dirigibles and I don't remember what else. Uh, well, what they're trying to do is get a take a, a. They're trying to get a submarine out of Lake Pontchartrain and out to the coast for the Union, so the Union can win the Civil War, which has been still been going on, and you know this is like twenty years later. Oh, okay. Good oh, man. Well, how are they going to get the 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 submarine out of Lake Pontchartrain, which should by all accounts, be right in the middle of, of uh, rebel territory? It's connected. To, apparently, it's... And I ha, I don't know the, topo- the ge- geology, so I don't know if it's true or not, but they're supposed to be able to sail it out into the Mississippi and yeah. go down the Mississippi into the Gulf of Mexico. All right. Um, well, you know, <laughs> what do I know? Uh, so... But 
you know, I don't know where to classify that one. Um, huh. It could be considered science fiction. It could be considered fantasy. It could be considered alternate history. I don't even know if Bard has a category for alternate history. Oh, so. Harry Turtle does stuff. His stuff would be classified definitely as alternate of alternate yeah. history. Right. Yeah. Well, he actually has one. Book. He actually has one that's that is fantasy, but I I hit it and bounced. I couldn't oh. <laughs> even get past the first book. Oh. You know, <laughs> okay. I I read one series by him that I liked. It was the the first one I read was in the balance where the Lizards invade Earth during World War II. <laughs> Lizards, um, you said? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Intelligent lizards from another star system. Um, and you have to read the books. But, you know, they've got... You know, the lizards were expecting knights in shining or rusty armor <laughs> kinds okay. of things. Because they've been, their probes were like two or three hundred years out of date. Oops. So they had Oops. data from the, you know, the knights period. And then they come here and we've got radio and airplanes and tanks. <laughs> and they are just totally flummoxed by it. Um, and they, you know, most of his alternate history books mix real characters with fictional ones. So they have people like, uh, oh, Molotov, and I don't know if if they had FDR. I know they had Leslie Groves, who was in charge of the Manhattan Project. Oh. And And you know it's it's like four. Actually, there are eight books I think in the series because there's the first series in World War Two, and then there's a series about twenty years later okay. that continues the story. Hmm. Um, but it is not like you know, and the rest of them I couldn't. I the rest of the, his books I couldn't get interested in. I tried, but I couldn't. Yeah, no, I. You should, I had you should a hard try household gods. Yeah, I've got that on my i my TBR list, and I keep. That is good. Saying, that's really good. Is that's, it really good? That's very. Okay. Oh, it is. It's fantastic, and that 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 would be categorized as fantasy, because what household gods is? It's about this lady Nicole um, Nicole Gunther Perrin, and she's a, she's a lawyer, and she starts out the day basically having the day from heck because she's dealing with her children and uh, before she leaves for work, she finds out that her, her daycare provider uh, can only very, very suddenly is going to work the, the last day, but after that, she's very sorry, but she does very, this is unexpected. She goes in the door with her children and the lady says, by the way, this is the last day that I can work. I'm sorry, I have to go back to Mexico to be with my mother who's dying or ill or something. And she has to deal with that, which she's going to do with a, you know, young children. And then she has a, a bad time at work. And then um, she, she's a single mom, too. And when she gets home uh, and, and everything and puts her kids to bed, 
on, on, her, on her nightstand is this is this old plaque that she got when her husband her and her husband were married uh, in Italy uh, on honeymoon. And this old plaque depicts these two Roman gods, and she's like, I, I I just wish that I could be, you know, back in Roman times where things were simple, where you know I didn't have to worry about, <laughs> you know, all these pressures and just. You know, be I just want to be able to be exactly. in all the time. <laughs> well, okay, so what, what, so what she doesn't realize is that these that these uh, two depicted Roman gods are actually real, but they're just kind of hanging out for a little bit in this in in in, in this uh, in this uh, uh, it's a, a plaque with their with their images on it. And so they do it. They grant her a wish. She 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 uh, wakes up and she uh, is in is in. Uh, is in a room. She's in a tavern, and she finds out who she is. And I think this is hilarious because, of course, back in those days, they they didn't know any better. But when she goes to get up, and um, she sees the lady has a makeup table, and she starts looking at the makeup. And she's like, "Why does this makeup look like this?" She's like, "Oh, this makeup has lead in it." She's like, "I'm not going to use that." <laughs> and uh, you know, she and, 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 she's, and she starts, and she starts having on, uh, and she starts. Basically, she basically tries to um, because the, the 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 lady in the who she whose kind of body she's inhabiting now her name her, um, she has a slave named Julia, and <laughs> and uh, she's like she's like I can't believe the slavery this is terrible, she wants to free her but she can't do it right away and Julia's like wait I want to be a slave yeah you know and um, she doesn't like that Julia wants to wants wants to entertain entertain you know that she that she used to. Um, let's say entertain guys upstairs for for some money for her mistress, but Nicole Nicole doesn't really want her to do that. But it's it's really interesting because you get this very neat blend of Nicole's Western Western ideas. She has to kind of learn how her Western stuff compares to Rome, and in a lot of ways, in certain instances, she likes she kind of comes to appreciate Rome, and you know. She does with a lot of things. You're wondering: Is this girl ever going to make it home? Does she make it home? And when she gets home, what happens to her there? And it's 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 really it's a lot better than you think. If you like, if you're into a little bit of history, if you like fantasy, uh, I, I I was I was I was very very impressed. I, I absolutely love this book when I when I read it. And uh, Madeline Bizard, she does a wonderful job reading this book. She totally nails it. So I I, I got to put a plug for that book in because that was. It's fantastic. What was the title Great. again? The, the title Household is Household God. Gods. Household Gods. By Judith Tarr and someone else. Well, okay. Judith Tarr, Judith Tarr and Harry Turtledove. Both of them wrote it together. Okay. Judith Tarr and Harry Turtledove. Very, very good. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to look at those. It, it does sound interesting. It's yeah, very good. As I say, <clears> it's on my TBR list. I just haven't read it. Um, well. Let's see. What time do I have? Good heavens, it's quarter of ten. Can you believe it? No, because it's only a quarter of eight here. (laughs) Yeah, it's only quarter of seven here. It's only a quarter (laughs) to nine where I'm at. Well, anyway. (laughs) I'm going to get going here, I think. But, um, you know. Well, I hope you can get your... I always enjoy this, this meeting. Now we're still meeting on the third, fourth, or the fourth Tuesday. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. As far okay. as I know, so the fourth Tuesday of February should be the twenty seventh. Correct. Let me I check. Think so. Hey Google, what's the fourth Tuesday of next month? 
sorry. I don't understand. <laughs> I was trying to... I wanted to see if my computer... Well, if you're I'll on the list I'll, and my computer it. works, you'll get reminders. Right. Right. It Well, your computer works just fine, and... Um, well, I'm not responsible know for the, the human the, brain. The first Tuesday... I happen to know that the first Tuesday is the sixth. So yeah. Okay, that sounds sounds right. Thirteenth, yeah, twentieth, twenty-seventh. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I'm so trying to remember what happened. We shall see you guys on the twenty-seventh. Oh, good. Okay. Take it easy. Sounds folks. good. See you later. Bye now. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.